0: Moncrief on News Talk. As you may know, a forthcoming Citizens' Assembly will be looking at the issue of drug use in Ireland. Of course, it's far too soon to guess what conclusions or recommendations the Assembly will come up with. But it's fair to say that there are many people in Ireland who hope this will include legalisation of some or even all of the currently illegal drugs. But not everyone agrees with this. Today, a group of doctors published a letter in the Irish Times speaking out about what they describe as an ignored crisis. The use of cannabis in Ireland. One of the signatories to that letter was Brendan O'Shea, a GP in Kildare and assistant professor for public health and primary care in Trinity College. Good afternoon, Brendan. Good afternoon, Uh, So could you, in terms of, as you see them, the risks and the harms that are being done by cannabis, give us some idea of what that's like?
1: There are two ways that we can look at it as doctors. And I suppose as doctors, we have a particular perspective on it because we are involved... Uh, in the care uh, and and in general practice we're involved in the ongoing care of people over years and decades and families and households. So we can look at it from the perspective of what we're seeing in practice and we can also look at it from the perspective of what the research is telling us internationally. Uh, And I think those two perspectives informed the letter that we felt necessary to put into the Irish Times today and thanks for highlighting it. As a family doctor, um, I think in key respects I'm fairly typical of all of my 4,000 colleagues around the country. Uh, And certainly those of us that are in communities where there's a young population, uh, all of us as GPs typically will have 10 uh, or 20 or 25 or 30 uh, young adults, usually more often uh, young men or adolescent uh, males, who are struggling significantly with ongoing mental health issues, uh, which are made markedly worse uh, by their use uh, of alcohol and cannabis. Uh, It's a real pressing issue for us in our practices. Um, It's very, very difficult for the individuals involved. Then we can look abroad to see how this has played out in other health systems and societies where the supply of cannabis has become more readily available. And what we see... Uh, is we simply see higher, bigger figures. We see higher numbers of people who are regular cannabis users and higher numbers of people who satisfy the criteria of significant cannabis uh, dependency disorders of one kind or another, the worst being uh, triggering episodes of psychosis. We're seeing an increase in this in our own healthcare system. Uh, So this really is why we're concerned and this is why we're delighted that the Citizens Assembly is focusing on it um, and we're delighted there's an opportunity to explore this today on News Talk.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the, the and and it, it from, can I just pick up on what you said? Something there. It seems to be particularly a problem uh, among young men within a, a certain age cohort. Would that tend to be the case?
1: As a family doctor, I would certainly be of the view that being an adolescent and a young adult is a very difficult job description. It's a it's a mm-hmm. tough situation. There's a lot of stuff going on in your life. Um, uh, every household is different. We, they all operate under different pressures. Um and it's a critical period because how uh, you come through that and how you manage it has a huge bearing. Uh, on, the, on your trajectory for the rest of your life. Um, in, our, in our own house, we would certainly have been of the view that things are too busy uh, to be mucking around with cannabis. Uh, children, adolescents adolescents particularly, uh, who fall into a regular uh, or intermittent uh, habit of cannabis use, uh, in my view, their achievement trajectories are likely to be t- tailored downwards and a significant proportion of them run into serious difficulties.
0: Yes, OK. And and it, it, typically, honest, I can't, one can't be typical, are, are, uh, w- would they be people who perhaps had some sort of predisposition to a mental health issue that was made immeasurably worse by the use of cannabis or is it just the use of cannabis by itself?
1: I'd have to say that all of us have a predisposition to mental health issues. It would mm-hmm. be rather foolish to consider otherwise. Right. And and I think that's an important uh, perspective to take on this. And many listeners out there will be the delighted possessors of adolescents in their households <laughs> or will-be parents. And we can all understand that there are times when things go reasonably well and maybe intermittent cannabis use against those periods... Doesn't appear to be much of an issue. But then we also see periods where there is a high level of anxiety or uncertainty over any of the usual things issues relating to sexuality, social acceptance. This is my God, there's uh, 55,000 people out there stressed about exams. And it's in that context uh, that a habit can rapidly accelerate, um, that a crisis can develop, uh, an acute psychotic episode. And following that, people are, are never in key respects quite the same in many instances. Mm.
0: And, and, so, and you say, so, in, the, say uh, in the letter, in, in that age cohort, the
1: problem is more severe than alcohol. Uh, that is the evidence. Um, and again, that is particularly evidence from societies where supply of cannabis has been opened up and where acquisition of cannabis has been liberalised and made more more easy. Now, one other perspective I would have to take on this is we're the doctors. Um, we don't absolutely have all the answers. But we do have this particular perspective and especially those of us who are in family practice um certainly what somebody does in their 40s or their 30s where they've established their identity uh, they've resolved some of those very intense conflicts regarding their sexuality where they have uh, managed to become uh, uh, accepted or effective or somehow survived uh, their, their circumstances are obviously different from a 16 or a 17-year-old who mm. is really petrified out of their wits about any one of a number of things. So um, th- th- so clearly, <laughs> there, there aren't easy one-size-fits-all perspectives around this, but we're the doctors, this is what we're seeing, these are our concerns, and that's the basis for it. Um, so, um, it, and and this isn't somebody else's problem. It's wherever there's a household. Yeah. Um, so it's really just good to have this conversation. We, as doctors, we we don't going we don't like going around being party poopers and being killjoys, uh, but we do have to see and we do have to reflect uh, on what's going on in our clinics and what we can see going on in our communities.
0: Yeah, and also in the letter you touch uh, you touch upon. Uh, territories uh, where cannabis has been legalised and, yes. and the argument, if I get this right from the, from the letter, is that it hasn't made things any better. In fact, it may have made things a bit worse.
1: Well, it all depends on how you define better. Mm. And another dis- perspective on this is the commoditization of supply. So for a very small minority of people, they will be very better financially off, rather like the purveyors of tobacco um, and alcohol so it will be better for a very small minority of people um, who stand to actually make a huge amount of money from this um, so that 's also another perspective uh, because when you commoditize something like uh, like cannabis when you commoditize it and make it part uh, of the economy um, that is a consequence of it um, and we can see how in another uh, parallel chapter how the commoditization of food um, and the building of a very strong profit motive um, has contributed to our, if you like, our national epidemic of overweight. So we don't have all the answers as doctors, but it is important for us to point out what we see uh, as the risks and the hazards.
0: Yeah. Now, but, but the letter also says that, that, that perhaps there should be a bit less stress on talk about legalisation and, and, and more of a stress on, on other
1: areas of this issue. Our legal colleagues clearly don't have all the answers. I, I, I'm not certain we could point to a society where they've got this absolutely right. Mm. Certainly as a family doctor, um, I won't go on over what I've already gone on on this great radio station about charges shortage of doctors and nurses. Um, if we had more uh, doctor time with patients, especially if we had more practice nurse time and, cou- and counselling time with adolescents in community clinics, Uh, we believe almost certainly that we could significantly have a positive impact on this issue. Um, uh, We could provide a better level of support in a way that will be meaningful and would be helpful, I think, and probably appreciated by parents and most importantly by the adolescents. But we are actually, for the most part, locked in to six and ten minute consultations uh, with a huge amount of work to get done, constantly sifting for serious acute illness in practice, uh, identifying it in a timely manner, uh, and our ability to make time available uh, for more rational uh, humane care is very limited. So we're in favour of that. We're not looking uh, for more money for doctors. We're looking for more money for some more doctors, a good deal more general practice nurses and absolutely more talking therapists who are accessible in the community, mm-hmm. not at the end of a child and adolescent mental health services psychiatry waiting list. Yeah. That's what we're looking for.
0: Yeah. So so but, uh, then as a position, the point the of view, are, are you taking a position on the possible legalisation and, you know, somehow um, the control of these substances and regulating
1: them. Well, well I, I don't think you can take a more exposed position than a, uh, a leading letter in the Irish Times and prime time with Sean Moncrief on news talk. Answer the question, we absolutely are. And uh, many of us are increasingly of the view uh, that it's not all right for us really to spend all our time in our consulting rooms. Uh, these are important issues. Mm. They relate to public health. They impact dreadfully on significant numbers of individuals, we would be selling ourselves and particularly our patients short if we didn't articulate these perspectives. We are concerned, for example, uh, that there is simply not enough messaging done uh, as in public health messaging, uh, increasing people's awareness of the harms of cannabis. In this instance, mm. Yeah, I, I interviewed actually a
0: fellow last week. He was he he was an undercover um, uh, policeman for fourteen years, and you know he would infiltrate drugs gangs. This was in the UK, and he was saying that he like he'd spend six months infiltrating a gang, and they they'd, they'd line up all the people to arrest, and then they'd arrest all the people, and within two hours the drugs would be back on the street. So. And certainly his position seemed to be that uh, just, you know, the war against drugs is unwinnable. The drugs will be there one way or the other. Someone's going to be making money out of it one way or the other. So maybe is it the lesser of two evils to somehow control these and have the state control these things? Have warnings on cannabis, such as, you know, as you have alcohol levels on, you know, warnings on alcohol bottles.
1: I think at a time like this where Irish society is looking at itself and has come through the catharsis of the pandemic and lockdown, uh, the housing crisis, uh, a huge influx of uh, refugees fleeing desperate circumstances, I think it's absolutely appropriate to look at that also and uh, We're really pleased that the Citizens' Assembly is going to spend a significant block of time. Citizens' Assemblies have been very good uh, for dealing with ethically complex issues that don't have uh, quick black and white answers. Uh, We're really not for punishing people. Um, We're very sceptical about people who want to profit out of other people's miseries. we are absolutely calling for just a little bit more investment uh, on the health system side. And then there's the third uh, thing, which is not one of the lesser of the two evils. It's the third thing, which is, is really where do we want our society going? Do we want people uh, to forever be on these treadmills where parents and children and adolescents don't have adequate time to talk and be with each other? Uh, do we want schools uh, that are completely locked in uh, to a points race, uh, which is designed for the third of, of people who go to college Um many of us would feel that really we need to invest in those changes that will produce that kind of a society. Mm. And that in the longer term, that that is the answer. Um, as a family doctor, I just can't accept that more cannabis really is a serious answer to any of the important issues uh, that are encountered by households in our practice.
0: Yeah, well, I don't, for much you, from that sentence, Brendan, you've brought in a whole range of other issues. This isn't just about cannabis. It's about,
1: as you say, the shape of our society. Certainly, persecuting users of small amounts of cannabis and criminalizing that aspect of it is almost certainly a waste of everybody's time and particularly resources. Uh, Opening the door to large, well-organized commercial interests to massively profit, uh, which they will do Mm. um, if we have uh, an increase in supply, as they did in California, for example, that's absolutely not part of the solution either, as I would see it as a family doctor. Brendan, uh, th- or, as a, or as a parent.
0: Yeah, Brendan, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was uh, Dr. Brendan O'Shea, there, family doctor in Kildare, and assistant professor for public health uh, in Trinity College. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.